Shit. And no, they should get other jobs. But they should, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They should work for Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys considered maybe the RNC? Exactly. I heard that, you know. Uh, those, are tra- those are transferable <laughs> skills, talking <laughs> into a microphone. Yeah. yeah. Monsanto is hiring. I'm being, I'm being obnoxious. You know, look, being obnoxious and talking <laughs> to a microphone is useful. But the fact of the matter is, if someone steps with a game that's tighter than yours, then you should just recognize who's on top and back down. <laughs> Uh, Wait, we're talking about God. Pod Save America now, or still? I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, welcome I've to the never show, heard everybody. Trap house. Welcome to the show, uh, fellow sure, robots, great. Robot House. I'm your host Asher Lack. With me are my co-hosts, my co-hosts, co-hosts uh, the Honorable <laughs> Sam Lazarus, Ooh. and our lawyer Raphael Ruttenberg, ESQ. The Honorable. Um, yeah, Alan <laughs> is absent today. And speaking of Chapo Trap House, today we are talking about. El Fascismo Royale, uh, the 1997 <laughs> Paul Verhoeven shocking masterpiece, Starship Troopers. If you guys haven't seen this movie, we'll post up a link of the opening Michael Ironside monologue that is fucking profound. I'm so stoked to talk about this movie. What do you guys think? Yeah, one of my favorites. It's a, Yeah, it's a lot. I actually have a, a confession to make, which is that I've seen this movie probably 30 times in my life. Me too. Yeah. Right. It bears that much. Nothing about it is surprising. In the actually, I don't know if that's true. I just does it bear repeat watching? It's on TNT yes. like every weekend. Yeah. Well, but yeah. Who that's watches TNT. That's partly why. Because yeah. when we were in high school, it was on TV all the time. Oh, it yeah, was on like, TNT. And like at my parents' house when I'm there, it's like this movie. Ocean's Eleven and Silence of the Lambs, and I'm just like flipping between all three of them, like Elvis, <laughs> <laughs> like just, just like fucking wired on anti-allergy medication. Like no one can come in this room. So it's like your your memories of this are an amalgam of all three of those. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm I'm like terrified so by which Anthony scenes Hopkins give me a hard on. Really frightening. Um, in as the brain bug. <laughs> yeah, as the brain, Anthony Hopkins plays the brain bug. So to kick this off. I think we should just acknowledge the fact that like we all saw this. I saw this movie in theaters. Did you guys see this movie when it came out? I'm not sure if I saw it in theaters, but I saw it. Yeah. In the nineties. definitely. I absolutely did not see this when it came out. Well, and so like for those of you guys who haven't seen the movie or aren't familiar with it, it's one of those really crazy rare, uh, critical turnarounds where a movie was like completely panned when it came out. And then, I would say maybe 10 or 15 years later, critics started coming back around to it and were like, oh shit, this movie is like some Voltaire level satire. Like all of his movies. Right, like all of his movies, which I don't, again, like I'm not a big Paul Verhoeven person. Obviously we'll do RoboCop on the show. I feel like I've seen RoboCop 2 more than I've seen the first one. It's awful. Yeah, fair enough. I, I think you're right. I mean, this must have really slipped under the radar. I didn't see this when it came out. In any form or fashion, VHS on the silver screen, nada. My only recol- my only memory of it when it came out is that it was said to feature boobs. 
It and has a it lot of boobs. It, does, yeah. it features a fair amount. Does it have dick in it? Oh, yeah. If you guys want to see Jake Busey's penis. What? Jake Busey is in this movie. He's in this movie. Oh, in the shower scene. It's yeah. hard to oh. look away from his face, though. Oh, God. So yeah. Even, yeah. If, he was, even if Jake Busey was doing Jumping Jacks naked um, in, yeah, front of a, like in front face. of a green screen with no graphics, <laughs> I would not be able to look away from his face because it's so his teeth, his eyes, his nose are all taken from different, not even people, animals. <laughs> yeah, like, Jake Busey, come on the podcast. We want to talk about, like, the human-alien yeah, hybrid right. project that no, produced Jake, you. Jake Busey is like the Garden of Eden first so draft. <laughs> it didn't make didn't make he's the like cut. one of the children of Lilith. He's a, chi- he's a chimera. <laughs> of Children of Lilith. That's actually a compliment, I think. Oh, man, yeah. Like, I just, where do we even dig in with this movie? It's. I think we should start just by talking about as we were just talking about before we started recording about how it was how no how could no one notice that it's satire it's it makes no sense it's mind-bending it makes no sense because that's my i was gonna say i was gonna jump off i was starting to to no please steer this again but like no one mentioned anything about how this movie was uh incredibly uh satirical and yeah, it's yeah. like I don't even know. It's like, like Doctor Strange right. Love yeah. level. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it's like it's I think maybe commentary is a better. Like it's yeah. not satire. It's, it's not making fun. It's like because it is a straight right. sci-fi right. shoot 'em up. Yeah, and it works on that level actually really well. Right, the same way RoboCop works really well on the level of like it works a scary modestly sci-fi. well as a sci-fi shoot 'em up. RoboCop? If, no, no, this no, no, one. this movie. Really? It's, it's like, like a B. I, it's, it's like a B minus. It's, it's all the B. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Dipping into fair. C territory. I mean, it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's not a masterpiece of, of sci-fi in the sense of yeah. that you're talking about like 2001 or whatever, Solaris that we watched. Like, If this movie but, was a course, you you probably wouldn't want to major in it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I just mean it's like a solid sci-fi action movie, and it works as that. And like you can watch it as that. And it accomplishes it, it, being yeah. a sci-fi action movie. Yeah, yeah really, pretty well. It doesn't, fail. well. it doesn't fail at that. <laughs> no, yeah. no, but it has like good action scenes. The spaceships look real. The bugs are scary. Like all this stuff, you know. The and there have been lots of movies that—that's <laughs> true too. Lots of movies that try to do that and succeed or don't. It's like a whole genre. I'm just saying, like, it's a good example of a movie in the genre that it's in not even talking about the commentary that it makes. So that might be part of how, because it just works as that kind of movie. Yeah, but no one no one ever said, no one said in 1997 that this is a Chomsky-level indictment of American militarism. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, that didn't, no one said that. <laughs> until the how opening, did they miss it? until the opening speech by Michael Ironside, yeah. which was so speech. obvious. Okay, hang on, hang on. Speech. Guys, the opening speech by Michael Ironside is, I just like, I, lo- I can't I, even. I, I, I brought up the, I, I looked up we're the gonna, script. We're going to splice it into the, the show, script. or Please should do. do you want to read it? Because oh my, I, I think will we say, should get Raph to do it after as watching this movie, I, I also realized, and like, again, Michael Ironside, I tried to find you and tweet at you on Twitter. You're not on Twitter. You and my dad were in a movie together. He's too good for that. <laughs> Technically, you're my evil uncle. <laughs> you, you know, I wanted to say that, like, I think a huge part of the reason that the satire of this movie went over everyone's head mm-hmm. is because his performance is so good. He's so convincing. He pl- yeah, he yeah, played it really, he really well. Is. He was amazing in it. And, like, 
as as an actor, like I never think too highly of him. He's usually like some character dude, some evil guy twirling his mustache and chewing up the scenery. And in you're this, kidding yourself. He's amazing in every role. Is he? I, yeah. uh, maybe I need to go back and revisit. And this even prompted me to have a conversation with my father about the movie that they were in together. <laughs> which, what, which one was that? Scanners. He's my closer. Oh yes, yeah. yeah. Oh my god, yes. Anyway, do you want to transparency? Read, do you want to read his monologue? Yeah, let's it hear is it. Fucking profound. <laughs> I'm gonna skip over the other dialogue because honestly, yeah. The, the other dialogue ass. is no. Yeah. It's just when he gets. Well, to no, no. Speech. Actually, I wanted to say something because I was thinking about this during the scene. Like, I actually had not listened to his dialogue before. Because they're introducing characters and there's like the business going yeah. on with the notebook with, or whatever yeah. where he's drawing the cartoon. That's it's, what I remember from that of hand. scene. Yeah, it it's totally is. Of hand. Yeah. They snuck this shit in. And maybe Paul Verhoeven is a prophet. I was going to say this to the end. He's a prophet. And we just weren't primed for this yet. Yeah. yeah. And he was like, it's like a masterpiece awaiting, uh, you know, the, the, you know w- awaiting the right ears or the right eyes to see it. Oh yeah, Paul, you know what I mean. Paul Verhoeven is like, like a, a gr- like a, gr- a great artwork uh, that's not appreciated. Um, there's something you know going. There's a there's an exhibition at uh, the Guggenheim right now that they've used oxycontin money to put on. So at least something good came out of the opioid <laughs> e- epidemic. <laughs> Sackler family. We could always build more guillotines. <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. They're pretty cheap. Hey, Zacklers, you know, yeah. guillotines are easy. They could build them in France in the, you know, 19th, 18th Relax century. Robespierre. Yeah, we could. Yeah, we could. <laughs> we could do it. Oh, God. We don't need any fancy equipment. Yeah, at the Guggenheim, there's uh, an exhibition, Hilma off Clint. Yeah. Which will probably be off um, by the time this airs. Yeah. Mm, I think at this point, these then, episodes yeah, are airing Maybe just soon. look up Goog- Hilma off Clint. Unrecognized genius. You know, you're, you know, decades later. Uh, people discover and say this is unheralded masterpiece. Yeah, this is some next unknown as its time. Uh, and Paul Verhoeven's fucking <laughs> fart chip poopers. Yeah, <laughs> as I dubbed it. <laughs> yeah, which perhaps no, I regret that. Yeah, <laughs> but I think actually there are there were like it's not. It's a surprise maybe to you guys, but I think it's well known that his all his movies are making similar commentary, right? Y- like, I don't know. He came out Robocop and said that he was get like, away with it. Yeah, yeah, and he, right. and That's he the said thing. he came out and was like, "I could write a treatise on like the disgusting nature of American capitalism and the military-industrial complex, and I could show it to the smartest people on earth, and and I might convince one or two of them, or I could show them this movie of like their disgusting bourgeois nature, and maybe they would actually understand." Right. Yeah, I don't yeah. have his actual quote. Or I, I believe that he said that. I will take it. I will take I, it. I can do on I, authority. Yeah. Okay. For those of you guys who haven't seen this movie, it's basically a shoot 'em up about. Uh, okay, I'll do it this time. Thank you. Please. It opens with triumph of the will. <laughs> well, yeah. It, it, <laughs> and it theorizes, and, and they the, don't ever the say it, but it does theorize a world where the Germans won the war. Right. Oh, I didn't get that at no, all. No, I think I disagree with that, but... Um, For me, it seemed more like the American military had a coup. Yeah. The I, American I t- military definitely had a coup. But, I mean, the movie is set in Argentina, and then it's like all these white people with like blonde hair and blue eyes. Yeah, I, yes. You guys didn't catch that? Well, there's me, the yeah, SS no. jacket at the end. There's lots of there's like There's a lot of Nazi regalia, stuff. and that's all on purpose. But, but I didn't see any of... 
like the state they're talking about, the federal authority or whatever it's called, the Union of citizens, like these, those are like really American. Yeah, it's it's a very tropes, American right? idea. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so should we take it from the top, Sam? Do you want to yeah, hit it? It's super simple. Basically, it's in a world where in order to be a citizen, you have to do be in the be in the army or be a whatever, part of the war machine, the navy. Be a part of the war machine, and it opens with this these high school kids, and one of them has a thing for a girl, and she's going off to the navy, so he decides to join basically the marines. Yeah, um, and then they go off they the they go off to fight the bugs, which is this alien race. Of insectoid insectoids, which we're never given any real reason why they're they're we're given to understand that they're at war with the bugs to begin with. Right, it's not entirely clear. And but, then, but then they smush Buenos Aires. Yeah, they, there's like a nine eleven esque attack that hits Buenos Aires, from space, which I have physics questions about. But we'll get. To yeah, those we later. don't need to. And then, so they go off to war. I mean, the, whatever. The frame isn't that important for the plot, except that. Well, the important thing about the the frame is that. The reasoning behind the war with the bugs is entirely unspecified. Oh, the original reason. Yeah, the, the original war, yeah. reason for the war and what the material benefit that they hope to get out of it. I guess that's the same thing. I think that, that yeah. I think that we were to understand that humans were colonizing mm-hmm. bug space. Right. Right. There was a bug quarantine zone. Fair and enough. They, they had colonized and they'd been attacked and killed. I, I, I thought there was a really uh, interesting. Uh, mention of Mormon missionaries. Yeah, there's a few. Oh, yeah. there's a few Mormon. Uh, that was kind of wild. An echo, an echo of American West history. Would you like to? You like to point out Asher? Oh, I didn't uh, think of that. Yeah, you know, the Mormons go out west and they're, um, you know, they're slaughtered by uh, insects. You know, which is actually, and again, we, you know, this is a theme that I'm sure we're going to hit on, is uh, the, uh, the viewing the framing of the other. As literal insects, as like subhuman, as subhuman, garbage. unintelligent, yeah. you know, sm- smush them under your foot, not worthy of the, the remotest thought or consideration. Yeah, and yeah. and the havoc that they wreak is, you know, considered justification for uh, westward expansion, manifest destiny. Yeah, do so, Mormons believe in space aliens, or is that just Scientologists? That's just Scientology. Uh, Mormons believe in other planets, but it's like a more complicated. It's part of their like they, that we came from Mars or something. Like no, that. no, it's part of their afterlife theology. Oh, okay. It's like a, it's a little bit more complicated than okay. that. I think if you're Mormon, you can tweet at us and explain what the how sort of space travel plays into the Mormon view of the afterlife. Mm-hmm. I'd love to know. You know, we're gonna break down the plot a little bit further than that, right? I guess like Rico goes to basic training. I mean, yeah, it's not it's, that important. It's yeah, incidental. He, goes through he gets the training. Of yeah, there's and then they go off to fight and there's a conflict with his girlfriend who is a pilot and she meets up with the dude who was like it trying to get in between them in high school. And yeah. He turns out to already be a pilot and then the, now they're super pilot friends and everything is lovely. And, yeah. And yeah. she breaks up with Rico and then he ends up going with, you know, the girl from their high school who was in Way love with him hotter. the whole time. Yeah. Was she, I mean, she's pretty attractive. I do. Love a good I had such head. a crush on her. Of course you did. And she's pretty, pretty naked in this movie. Mm, yep. Um, Oh God. Yeah. So, but I would say that again. The to me in rewatching Dizzy? it, we talk about Dizzy. Dizzy yeah. yeah. But I had a ferret named Dizzy. You did, and there's a ferret in the movie. There is a very intelligent ferret in the movie that um. Doogie Howser communicates with <laughs> using telepathy. I don't know that the ferret is intelligent. Yeah, the cast of this movie is kind of great. I look. I mean, I know a little bit about ferrets, and that was a smart ferret. 
Tweet ferret questions at me. Yeah. <laughs> at have a cool penis. I'm your ferret resource. But holy shit. The Michael Ironside monologue at the beginning. Oh, yeah. Finish it. So, like, yeah. Raph's going to read the monologue. You know, we'll also splice in a bit of it because it's so, his performance of it is so mind-blowing that, like, you wouldn't believe that you're straight so why up. Why am I doing it? I don't know because we'll intercut it. Yeah, It'll we'll be intercut. Yeah. It'll be like you guys are holding hands. This year we explored the failure of democracy. How the social scientists brought our world to the brink of chaos. We talked about the veterans, how they took control and imposed the stability that has lasted for generations since. You know these facts, but have I taught you anything of value this year? Hmm? You. Why are only citizens allowed to vote? It's a reward. What the Federation gives you for doing federal service. No. Something given has no value. Look, when you vote, you are exercising political authority. You're using force. And force, my friends, is violence. The supreme authority from which all other authority is derived. Uh, my mother always said violence never solves anything. Really? I wonder what the city fathers of Hiroshima would say about that. You. They probably wouldn't say anything. Hiroshima was destroyed. Correct. Naked force has resolved more issues throughout history than any other factor. The contrary opinion, that violence never solves anything, is wishful thinking at its worst. People who forget that always pay. When you vote, you're exercising political authority. You're using force. And force, my friends, is violence. The supreme authority from which all other authority derives. So <laughs> twisted. Yeah. You know, no, no. Well, I have something to say. Yeah, but he is... Not wrong. He well, is not wrong. He's not wrong. <laughs> he's but not it's, wrong. No, it's no, no, a no. terrifying framing to teach in civics class. No, yeah. I wish more civics class were taught were taught like this. Because, really? Yes. Wow. Yes. Absolutely. Because I thought I was going to be the one no. coming down pro what fashion in this episode. What he, no, what he's saying is the truth. What he's saying is the truth. Um, slightly different phrasing. I would say that it has more to do with power. Sure. Um, there's, yeah. there's, there's two types of power, you know, compensatory power, right? Which people are induced to do things. Mm-hmm. And then there's condign power, which people are forced to do things, you know, potentially not, not totally willfully. Um, but that could be the truth. That could be the way in either case. But power is the fulcrum of all political interaction. And from power flows violence. And there's different types of violence. Obviously, there's physical violence. Yeah. There's many different types of violence. You could have emotional violence. You can have economic violence. Right. We high-level economic violence. Oh, but, God. but, I mean, wouldn't you argue that, like, couldn't you argue that democracy isn't, like, the whole point of democracy is to focus that violence into an election, right? Yes, but it is still I just actions and reactions of different groups sort of taking power away from each other right like this there, there there is a battle for power always in all political environments yeah i guess the thing that freaks me out is using the word violence there i don't yeah. think it's like because that implies that the only legitimate way to gain power is by hurting people physically through the physical application of physical force well that's a, that's i mean that's the um that's one of the most fundamental mistakes in political thinking and, uh, you know, I mean, Socrates talks about it in the Republic is that the idea of like, you know, might makes right the, the political good being what the mighty say it is, 
I mean, that's a very sort of obvious answer. It's like, you know, that's something that in, in our cynical age, we can certainly relate to, right. to say like, yeah, you know, I mean, like truth is all relative. Like whoever's in charge, whoever's on top, it, they get to decide, uh, you know, what, what, what sort of like what our, what our values are, like what things, what things are held aloft in society. Uh, but I think it's truer to say that, I lost a thread for a second. You come back to me? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure. They never really talk about economics in this movie, right? Everybody, for the most part, is rich and of a higher no. class. One or two people mention, okay. No, no, definitely not. I think that the main characters from Buenos Aires are definitely rich. But uh, Busey calls him rich kid, right? That's true. They do There's call the him rich kid. farmer character. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He gets his head blown and the off. One dude, that's the dude who's too poor to go to Harvard, right? No, that's a different character. Oh, oh no, right. That's the guy that gets his head blown off. Yeah. But yeah, so there's a guy who gets into Harvard, can't afford to go, but if he serves, which that is a real thing that happens today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, so I definitely know. No, not everybody is rich. Yeah, okay. So, so I thought that that was kind of interesting, but so in all of the kind of, and I was thinking about it kind of in counterpoint to... Uh, full Metal Jacket, where like, you know, we've seen a lot of basic training sort of sequences, and th- and there's a decent amount of the movie that takes place at, at basic training, and like there are three or four moments that are of just like hardcore sadism that the authoritarian yeah. people sort of impose on the cadets, and like again, the first time seeing it, I was sort of like. Oh, okay, yeah, you need to stand up straight, clean your room, get your shit together. Pretty sure that's not allowed in our army. Oh, yeah, absolutely not. No. And and I think that that's, you know, but to the layperson, we don't think of it that way, right? And so, like, we're just like, yeah, that, that makes sense. You have to kind of have that kind of implicit violence or threat of that implicit violence against your troops to kind of keep them in line. And the examples I think of are the drill instructor throws a knife well, in the very opening he asks someone to come up and knock him down and then breaks their arm compound fracture which was like you can see the blood coming through his sleeve y- yeah the bone pops out <laughs> yeah which was like whoa well, i guess they have like really intense uh medicine and yeah. technology yeah in this. well yeah also, later that day there's he's like, using that arm yeah 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 well i mean also, it's Still. it's just like really intense operatic violence that we're seeing, right? It's it's over the top. Yeah. Like, uh, he's also making a point. Like, he's quite clearly. I mean, I guess we do this in our military. He's quite clearly training them to be part of the machine of the mobile infantry, right? And, and to w- not care about their own concerns, not be worried about the fact that they're in pain. Right. He even says it right after that. He's like, "Pain is a sensation," and when he he puts the knife through the dude's hand that was the other yeah i had that yeah. example he says uh you know you can't push a button if the enemy disables your hand or I, maybe he does it the other way around but he's like very clearly trying to break down their their self-image as human beings and replace it with one as like grunts well, see, which is what we do that, in the military. that's what we do in the military and that's the message in like full metal jacket right. this to me was different because we're breaking down how they see themselves but the f- the final sort of fundamental thing that we're leaving them with when all else is gone is authority and power over others is the only thing, which I don't think that that's something that's that's like inherent to necessarily I, no, military I, structure. I want to jump back into what I was saying because I, I, I reconnected the dots that uh, that had sort of Let's hear the threads that had come loose. Um, so uh, 
the idea is that it's not that we we blanch this idea of power being exerted against other people but that's all that political economy is that's all the uh, uh, you know the interrelation of people in the political sphere is uh, is a you could call it a battle of power it's it's a, a, actions and reactions of different groups uh, or individuals sometimes waging power, power struggles over each other. That's just how it is. It's irreducible that that's what politics is. But the mistake that the fascists make consistently, and fascists and their ilk, you know, going all the way back to Thrasymachus in the Republic, is that they think that the type of power that is, uh, you know, asserted through violence is the best way. Right. And right. It's not necessarily the case. No, or Fox even the News only fucking way. cracked yeah, no, the no. case. It's it's I mean, power through misinformation. Yeah, right? no, I mean, exactly. I mean, like it's it, honestly like the where the way we live right now shows that that is not condign power is not necessarily the most effective. I mean, like the like the most condign, you know, the most uh, you know, kind of manip like f- manipulative through physical force regimes that have existed in the modern era the totalitarian, sta- totalitarian states of nazi germany and and stalin's soviet union um they their incredible use of physical force to to, to gain power did fail yeah and it failed ultimately. In both res- ultimately it failed yeah. in both respects um a more durable form of power is maybe some kind of compensatory power or other, some other kind of like information power, which I'm not sure is like a category that is well, adequately contemplated. And I, I'm getting all this from, there's a really good economist that I want to plug, John Kenneth Galbraith. He wrote The oh, Anatomy yeah. of Power, very intelligent book. And that's where I'm sort of cribbing all this stuff from. Um, but I think it's, it's, it's interesting that, you know, we may not have that. But we are also not totally separated from that. I mean, like we could, we could get to a state in which oh, yeah. there is simultaneously like this total information takeover, where they sort of like a 1984 style, like I, dis- dissent is disintegrated. Also, in which uh, like you know physical violence is heralded as like as the reason for the state existing. Yeah, I, I wanted to point. cut into this because. You, you were talking about like how we get there as a state. And I wanted to kind of tie this to the recent, like, I don't know if you would call it an editorial or a monologue or something <clears throat> that Tucker Carlson gave on the air that got a lot of, I don't know if you guys saw it reposted hoop. on Twitter. No, no, no. I, and there was an op-ed about it in He's the Times. Real which was like a week and a half ago or something. Yeah, like it was that. like a week and a half or two weeks ago where he came out and he said, and this was really to me shocking to hear well yeah it was really shocking to hear on fox news and then again to (laughs) to plug our sister our sister podcast chapo trap house where they just talk about politics um they unpacked it in a way that i thought tied to this movie really frighteningly give us a plot breakdown of the chapo trap house episode well so so no basically (laughs) tucker carlson came out and said capitalism is not working for the people and you know the internet lost its shit what the fuck yeah he came out and he was like you should watch it yeah it's 
so at first you're like oh wow what a what a refreshing take like he's like capitalism is not <laughs> embracing the needs of the people it's not he's like it's the you know the money that's going to the super wealthy through this crazy tax cut i don't know if he mentions the tax cut i might be sort of embellishing i don't remember the details yeah but he's he, all over the board yeah he's all over the board obviously the truthometer is just like you know dicks up the nose with this one yeah. so he's like i'm proposing a techno theocracy well, where all of your money goes instead to a church. He doesn't, he's not he saying what he, it should be. Yeah, he, he doesn't just, propose. For the first time is like, hey guys, it's not working. America is messed up right now. Whereas like for the last 10 years, his whole line has been, we're the greatest country on earth forever and always. Yeah, anyone who says otherwise yeah. is a fucking, you know, enemy of the state. Yeah, yeah. Niger jingoism is hard to maintain yeah yeah but he did you know, it for a long time he did it for a long time in the face of like two completely it's unprofitable always, wars right. financial collapse it's always and his act. own inability it's to get a restaurant but reservation so, right so to me ref that's the interesting thing about that monologue he did is why right like why after being a jingoist for so long would you suddenly be like well maybe i'll drop a little bit of honesty here into my jingoism and i and it's not like not to say that 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 episode of Tucker Carlson's show is like just straight shot of honesty. Like obviously it's still Tucker Carlson, right? But why is there a chink in this armor? Why why I'll, are they breaking the I'll tell you. Go ahead. Because this was the reading that the the Chapo dudes gave of it and they were like, this is them preparing the way to propose a fascist totalitarian state. Oh, great. And I was like, oh, shit. And then, then we watched this movie, and I was like, it's all connected. Like, there's, like, red string all over my apartment. I'm, I'm just like, Monsanto is coming to get us. Like, I don't know. But, yeah, that, yeah. that to me is, like, th- that his monologue was the first shot in the revolution that ends with Michael Ironside in the classroom being yeah. like, power Actually, is the people who fucking wield it, you pussies. That's the, That was what was scary to me, the thing that I realized on this watching for the first time. Like, I, I kind of had the idea that this was a commentary, but I had, as I said before, I'd never really listened deeply to that monologue. And the thing that freaks me out is how much he's not talking about the just the application of political power he's talking very specifically about the application of violence as political power right the metaphor he's using is all about violence and he yeah. and he's not it's he's not talking around the issue he is a, a military star right and then at the end of the movie he's their whatever their their lieutenant or whatever it is i don't know about ranks or whatever but i'm just saying like it's that's all that's left in this society. So you said when you started talking about this that he's right, that his monologue is true, that yes, he's correct, that political power is Partly true. in essence violence. But yeah, so what I'm saying is like that may be right, but the scary, terrifying thing is this idea, which we're, which we have now in our culture, that like might makes right. That's like that may be true in a in a non concrete way. Like if you're not talking about the fist being might, then it may be absolutely true from a political theory perspective that the powerful decide what is right and what is true, right? But that doesn't that doesn't. It's not well, a parallel. Yeah, I, 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 and, I think yeah. I think that you know you're you are correct that might makes right. We we've we don't accept the I guess sort of more simplistic forms of that. But the idea of power being recursive, mm-hmm. like this idea that there's something worthwhile to hear from billionaires. Right. These are intelligent people and not like, you know, huckster dimwits. 
Like they seem to be for the most part. Yeah. I th- I once had a libertarian tell me that. Oh God. He, <laughs> Anything they said. He said. Was nonsense. I think we should. Look, just listen to this. <laughs> I, this is this is. Rush not, is the greatest band of all time. After that. Uh, <laughs> so, he said that you know, he said yeah you know I I think we should I think everybody in society should be armed. They should have a a, a firearm. Except for the police. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, wow. It was like I'm oh. I'm really, really struggling I, that to, is to, 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 make, to, to fill this out. Cause I can't. it is so wild. <laughs> like <laughs> it's like it like shocked me out of like my ideological doldrums. I was like, I don't know what that means. Yeah, that's like that's like Lyndon LaRouche level just like nonsense. <laughs> just like brain salad. That's bizarre. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's when like, would you? It's like killing a fly with a bazooka. <laughs> so it's like yes, I mean like oppressive police power is a massive problem, but by arming the populace and disarming the police is is that the solution? Yeah, I think it's the purge. It's like, He's yeah, talking yeah, about yeah, the I was, purge. I was about to say, yeah. yeah. Oh God. Well, yeah. libertarianism is a stalking horse for fascism. Everyone knows that. As I was saying, this is all. Everything comes down to power dynamics. They just prefer. That the power dynamic, that the power be held, uh, not democratically, not by the mass of the people installing a government that represents them, but by people Theory. that know the people that they know and that look like them. You know, yeah. they're they're reasonably sure who would be in power. It's like, oh yeah, um, the private wealth they can have their own armies. You know, you like <laughs> you have well, to pay for the, your house. You know, the, the fire department to, to come to your down, house yeah. and have your house not burned yeah, down. Yeah, which is like, again, we just want to go back to the 19th century. Like seven-year-olds can work in factories. Yeah. Uh, you know, urchins, if you don't like it, get a different job. Yeah. yeah, yeah. there's nothing in culture other than capital. Well, yeah, whenever it. I hear anyone no, I mean, say that, I'm like, well, that's kind of what you signed up for with your job. I just like... Uh, yeah, my, okay. my, my choice. Yeah, listen. My choice to have this job. So yeah, like for for years, I was a musician, and, and not then starve. when my record company went under during the financial collapse, uh, I called my booking agency and was like, "Hey, can you put me on the road so I can earn some money to get my next record made?" And he promptly dropped me, and I uh, <laughs> went to work as a substitute teacher at, at our old high school. Um, and one of the things you learn when you're a substitute teacher is that you don't get unemployment in the summertime and you actually have to sign this letter called the reasonable assurance letter. Otherwise you lose your license. And it basically just says, I have been reasonably assured that I will have a job in the fall. And that basically immunizes the state from paying unemployment insurance. And wait, ah, a permanent underclass. What yeah, about, exactly. What about Legal underclass? Insurance? Like, aren't you like, cause Sophie gets money in the off season. Yeah, they don't know. You're don't paid that. as a per diem employee, and that's it. Wow, that's brutal. Yeah, it was brutal, and like, and I remember that's complaining what you get for about working this for the, well, yeah, the public. It, but I I remember complaining about this to someone, and and they were like, "Well, if you don't like it, get a different job." And so we're incentivizing not having public school teachers. And that was essentially my my case was I was sort of like, you don't understand, like, I'm the only person who's good at this job who does it. There's like me and three other people and they ain't got a full set of teeth. What were you going to say? Naked force settled more issues in history than any other factor. The contrary opinion, violence never solves anything, is wishful thinking at its worst. But see, that that framing... Sorry, go ahead. No, I thought that was interesting because um, 
I saw this movie as you know the the gore and violence is super over the top. Oh yeah, it's and disgusting. It, the, it is really quite quite gross. Apparently, um, according to Amazon, more bullets were fired in the making of this movie than any movie previously. <laughs> wow, that's amazing, and not terribly surprising. A landmark. Yeah, I feel honored to have watched it. <laughs> It yeah. just it doesn't that kind of read as like uh especially in the context of that opening speech like th- that that's that's like a manifesto for Hollywood. Huh. Like, do you think this gr- the, the gratuitous violence like the this this violence that he's uh Verhoeven is so clearly showing us is such a perverse social ill and doesn't accomplish anything. Yeah, I want to get I want to get I want to talk about the ending of this movie too. Okay. Yeah, so nothing nothing happens. Nothing happens. Nothing we happens. Solved. We end where we start we, but more dead people. They yeah. captured the brain bug. They, yeah. the war continues. The war continues. He doesn't get the girl and uh and his other girl dies. Yeah. And his other and girl Dizzy di- dies. Well, he doesn't get the original girl who he's in love with. He joined the force for. The war doesn't end and uh yeah. And Ratchek yeah. dies. But I think the war never ends. In much the way we never found out how it started. In much the way we're still at war in Iraq and Afghanistan. Yeah, so, yeah. Or or in much the way we still exterminate bedbugs. Yeah. Um, Smart ship toopers. <laughs> A comedy. <laughs> the porn parody. <laughs> Fart ship poopers. I, I uh, you know what I forgot to look up? Is there a porn parody? I'm uh, sure that there's got to be. There's <laughs> like a hundred, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, are you kidding? I, you, I can't, I can't yeah, actually, Dick Trooper. No, I've watched <laughs> it. Come on. I've watched it. I've watched it. it. It's thing. called Starship Troopers 2. Okay. And, and we're back. <laughs> I um, thought that was going to go somewhere. That's where it went. It's And it's a true statement. I, you know, so they, fucking, they fucking Starship Troopers 2. It's like too. got three times as many boobs. That's Starship Troopers. One. Wow. That's hard. And no social movie. commentary. And those, it's right. terrible. They're like, we take back the first one. Um, fascism <laughs> is great. <laughs> it's fucking because awesome. Because look how many boobs. Yeah. If, everybody, look, everybody listen look, to Rush. Would an unjust <laughs> social system show you this many tits <laughs> on a DVD? <laughs> With <laughs> extra ones, those deleted scenes. Did they have DVD tits in Soviet Russia? I don't think so. <laughs> It's probably true. Oh, God, every day we get, or every week we get closer to being like a morning zoo show. <laughs> like, with Raph the Goblin. <laughs> we really need that. Hey. Oh, man. <laughs> like, yeah. Mama Luke the Madman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've, I've been lobbying for more sound effects. Yeah, we need a soundboard, that, dude. Yeah, no, sound- I, I started editing some shit Fart in. tracks. fucking stupid. All right. <laughs> so, so maybe I, we need an editor. I thought that I, I honestly editor. thought that this movie was going to be because like, OK, we're back on it. again. Yeah. For for listeners who are unaware of Sam and my like, you know, 20 year pact to destroy one another. Don't we talk about this on every episode? Yeah. But I'm just saying if this is like if this is the first time. Yeah. You're if this is the first time you listen to the show. Um, Sam, Sam and I oh, are curious listener. Okay. I wonder. I wonder what. <laughs> I'm thinking of watching Starship Troopers. Yeah. Maybe let's hear what these people have to say. <laughs> randos. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> so trustworthy. So, and it all 30 comes, to 60 people think we are trustworthy. Yeah. It all comes down to like the original kind of source of our complaint, which was, you know, if you want to hear about it, we talk about it in the Godzilla episode and I think in the Dead Zone episode as well. The Einstein Sillard letter where, you know, famously Einstein informed Roosevelt 
that uh, nuclear technology could be weaponized. And he said, if I have any regrets, it's probably writing that letter. Signing that letter. Signing that letter, right, because Sillard wrote it. Or... No, I, I no, don't I know. think he, I looked it up later. He, he did actually write did write it. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, Sillard convinced him to write it. Right. And, and to me, you know, in my brain, I said, really what you should have done was instead come up with a list of like, hey, these are the people who could have figured this out. Find them and kill them. You know, goodbye knowledge. Because right. Yeah, exa- exactly. And this was the moment at which Sam and I diverged. And since then, we've been locked in a plot to destroy one another. Since then, we've both been walking in the woods. Yeah, and I, I honestly thought that this movie, I was going to come down pretty thoroughly on the fascist side, and I'm always surprised when I don't. And I'm always like... Because you're getting older. You're learning more things. You know, you know <laughs> yeah. more about life and reality. Is this going to be the episode where Sam and I like come what, back what together? What were you expecting your reaction to be precisely? Because you knew the general, yeah. Aside, <laughs> aside from getting a hard on, which is generally a given, yeah, most answer. definitely assured. Yeah, I had one at like a deeply inappropriate and personal time. The you know opening what? monologue. <laughs> yeah, Michael. Yeah, I'm just looking at his stump in this movie. Oh, too far. <laughs> okay, cut that. So to get to the point of of our like kind of the why I'm retreading this this kind of fascist anti fascist conflict that Sam and I have been locked in for all these years is because. I was kind of surprised that I don't know that I necessarily wanted to live in the world of this movie at all. And then <laughs> that to me was like, I don't know. So you were expecting to be like, sign me up. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> was. Because like, everyone I, is Anglo and sp- has, well, has, not everyone. No, there's a, almost everyone. The movie lives. is pretty diverse. Everyone, that, yeah, everyone no. that's made it to the, no, I mean, like, no, you know, what's they, his name lives. Um, the dude from the walking dead who plays the priest. I can't remember his, the actor's name. But wait, yeah, you were saying, Raph, you were like... So this is... You You were like... And you had a general conception of what this movie's about. And you're like, I'm going to watch this and I'm going to think favorably about this <laughs> future dystopia where they fight bugs. And I... But don't know. forget that when in 97, Asher thought that this was not a satire or a commentary. Yeah, I just thought so that I this was like a confused. good B movie. Yeah, so... Now you're oh, now. watching it no, no, now. No. Now knowing that it was a like a satire and about like sort of the mechanics of of you know fascist militaristic totalitarian you're not imperialism, cool right? And I kind of expected to look at that world and be like, yeah, you know, it doesn't look that bad. You That's know? what I'm saying. But, but now, but actually, in watching it, I was like, oh, you know what? This looks like a drag. I kind of don't want to live there. Well, but yeah, but you're not thinking about what it would look like if we just let the bugs live. Like, then things would be really bad. That's why you need fascism. Yeah. Right. Thanks, Sam. Sure. Yeah. Um, right? I don't know. I was. Am I right? So, <laughs> I was kind of interested in the question of, because it, it got me thinking about, like, utopias, and I was like, basically, are all utopic visions kind of like veils for totalitarian states in science fiction? That's a complaint I've often had about science. Like, we talked in a previous episode about the Federation in Star Trek being totally fascist. That was just us at a bar, Sam. Oh, we didn't... No, no I think we did talk about, about it, it during your taping. Oh, maybe an early one that maybe didn't make it. Anyway, um, that was a hell of a wake-up call for me when I realized that one. Um, and there's quite a lot online if you guys want to read about it. It's It's quite, like... It's it's hard to argue the point once you actually sit down and think about it that the whole idea of like an enlightened cast 
of scientists and warriors who just know what's best for everybody in society all over the, the galaxy. Is? I didn't know that's that. the federation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there aren't elections. There's no like, you know, they never talk about how it's just like a group of people who decide what things are going to be like for everybody. And they go around the galaxy trying not to interfere in subwarp cultures. And then all other cultures have to either join the Federation or they are enemies of the Federation. Yeah, that right? is pretty fascistic. Yeah, it's terrifying. And it's held up as a perfect example. I mean, it's neoliberalism. Like, that's the technocracy <laughs> that we're, that, that yeah, we're looking right. down the barrel it's like So the whole thing is terrifying. Like, the whole idea that you could have a handful of people who just know what's right, and they're going to do it, and guess what? They have the power to do it, because... Yeah, that's the world we live in right now. That's the world it's, we live in right now. And I don't want to get into that shit too deep, but, like... <laughs> that the, Pizzagate is real, that fucking, <laughs> you know... <laughs> Have you heard about that guy? What's his name? The Franklin with, Credit with Union. The, which uh, one? With the plane, Lolita Express. Oh, Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. One, yeah, yeah. That's that's your pizza game. Right I there. I know. No, I'm I actually was kind of being serious. Yeah. Anyway, it's <laughs> Raph is just like I'm. I I'm, quit. With, I'm with I'm with it, man. I I'm. I'm yeah, like I'm pretty sure that you know you take the oath of office as a senator, and then they take you downstairs to like the reptile pyramid. You go molest some children, you put your tie back on, have you, you high five Ted Cruz, and then you you know go like fucking sign a bill to Honestly, give AK forty sevens to school children. The news that uh, Ms. Elon Musk thinks we're in a simulation, then we have to beat it. Yeah, that, that we know like it's more like we can't <laughs> fail. It's a lot to spring on a guy in the middle of a Sorry. podcast tape, <laughs> Sorry. taping. I, just, I may I, have, I may be a little bit off in the details there. Yeah, if you, it's if, believable, but uh, just yeah. to hear it said out loud, Elon, like if that's legit, Elon, t- tweet at us. Let us know. And if, if it's is, not legit, and yeah, you hear this, if Sam is full of shit, I'm often full of shit. It, it occasionally occurs, almost always. Elon, I don't know. Azalea Banks fucking diced you. Oh, she dog walked you. <laughs> What about Grimes? She, Are they still together? I don't think so. That's too Azalea bad. Banks. I'm sorry you guys couldn't make it both work. both of them. Boom. Anyway, what were we talking about? Well, so, you know, we were talking about the Federation as fascistic and... Oh, 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 just so my point was that like this is all of sci-fi. Like the whole idea, we've talked about sci-fi being like aspirational kind of, but I think that the typical person that writes sci-fi, like, let's talk about the Foundation series. Have you guys read those books? No. I have. You have. Okay. So the whole idea of the Foundation series, spoilers alert, anybody who's planning on reading Foundation, please stop listening for the next 40 seconds. No. If if knowing the destination isn't, is going to wreck the journey. Okay. If that's how you feel, stop listening. (laughs) But the whole point at the end of reading like 15 books, which I love, don't get me wrong, is that all along there's been this one machine shaping the course of human history and pruning branches here and nurturing branches over there, you know, to minimize the harm. The whole concept is there's a, you know, dis unself-interested altruistic actor that's ensuring good governance. You're talking about God. I'm talking specifically about a robot, but in, in, in foundation, (laughs) Robocop. But but in, in this, you know, in Starship Troopers, it's the Federation. Yeah, it's the Federation. Whatever. It's not well, called the Federation. But, but like that whole idea, right? That concept that there could be such an actor, that yeah. there could be, you know, an uncorruptible, well-intentioned. <laughs> the incorruptible. You just literally used the title that the people gave Robespierre. 
the but incorruptible Robespierre. Yeah, exactly. So, but that's not a real thing. So, yeah. Well, it's was terrifying. he corrupted? I guess the proof is in the pudding. <laughs> no, I mean, I no? think he, he was. was he, yeah, he was, I think he was doing his thing to the end. <laughs> yeah, to the end. Face up with the oh, uh, God, face so up with the uh, guillotine. The steel corrupted. Oh him, I God, guess. I guess so. Yeah. Um, but I guess, yeah, the, the thing that was interesting to me was like, I, w- I was wondering, and again, like the podcast isn't about me talking about myself and my personal issues Mostly. or whatever. Yeah. It's like 50, 50, but like, I, I feel like I generally, when I watch these things tend to side with the technocracy and tend to side with like the, like, <laughs> because I, they make good arguments. Well, yeah. Because like to me, when, when they tear down the empire in star Wars, I'm sort of like, for what? Like, were they actually, I mean, I guess they blew up that one planet with a lot of innocent people on it, but we don't ever really see any <laughs> other evidence of them being particularly evil or totalitarian. Uh, <laughs> you know, for all we know, <laughs> they're fucking giving actually. people like, health care all over the galaxy. But we did meet the evil emperor who's literally a master of dark magic. <laughs> yeah, but like, we don't, what do like you- Like, he literally subsists on death energy Yeah, and but we anger. don't see that. We don't see him like, you know, drinking the blood of children to survive. We just, you know, we are told okay. that these people are evil, but I don't know. I mean, again, there's, you know, there's a, there's a reading of Star Wars where Luke Skywalker is a terrorist. I don't necessarily feel that, but I was always <laughs> just sort of like, yeah, yeah, I was just sort of like, why am I against these people? And so I assumed yeah. that in watching Starship Troopers again, I was like, okay, I know this is a movie about totalitarian fascism. Point out that Star Wars is a very silly movie, and the reason you <laughs> might not be <laughs> utterly convinced of the Empire's evilness is because Star Wars is a very silly movie. It could be. And well. that looking for plot holes or like thematic gaps is maybe fruitless because Star Wars is a very silly movie. It's a good thing we only have a handful of followers because you would get so many tweets about that. I'll Please. Stand. Yeah. Look, you Raph, guys have, you want to argue that Star, Star Wars agnostic. You want to argue that Star Wars is not like goofy as hell? What? I mean, okay. I don't. I fucking love those. Movies. Whatever. There's probably like six is million people jo- on is Twitter. Is it a enjoyable you. movie? Get, you know, fucking thumbs out of asses. Whatever you need to do. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever therapy you need, get it, because it is a silly movie. I'm not saying it's not fun. I'm not saying you can't get a kick out of it watching it a bunch of times. Maybe I'm saying you shouldn't dress up like it. Well, yeah, I'm not going to do that. People dress up like Dracula. Yeah, it's less silly. <laughs> I'm dressed yeah. up like Dracula right now. I Dracula's Dracula. more sexual. <laughs> oh, yeah, good call. I, I wanted to pose to you guys a question, which is, have you guys read any William Gibson's fiction? I read Neuromancer. Is that the one that it doesn't make any sense? <laughs> That's what everyone says. I it's I really like, liked it. It I made just, sense it's to me. The thread of it is like all over the fucking place. But it's like some dude, he's a hacker, and yeah. they end up in like... In a floating... Something in space. Yeah, yeah. it's it's basically a caper novel yeah. about breaking an AI out it's of its... It's fucking great. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, really cool. Right. Um, But like he sort of paints... It's a, it's a really interesting counterpoint to the sort of like utopic vision of the future of like mm-hmm. everything's clean and bright and all the criminals are dead. Get in the army now, buddy. And like William Gibson's version of the future is sort of like, yeah, like uh, pretty much the environment went to shit. And so like, you know, all the people with all of the money absconded behind like private walls and they have a security force and everybody else lives in this sort of like weird kind of like wild west underworld essentially yeah 
Um, Just with more technology. With more technology, but we're also like eating and drinking poison 24 hours a day and like life expectancy is like 40. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was sort Sounds of like pretty accurate. Yeah. Yeah. I was like both of these futures I could see happening. I could see both of them happening simultaneously. And like we seem yeah. to be on a pretty hardcore collision course with both. I would say he's the one who paints a vision of the future that isn't fascistic yeah or utopian fascistic or utopian yeah Yeah. and and i my question was like which of these futures would you rather live in because i was sort of like we're speeding towards both like what is like what's what's our editorial view of like what what is an ideal future like what's which of these nightmare futures would you rather live in and what kind of future would you want to live in well to just circle back on your earlier point i mean like i think that the idea you're not alone in thinking that utopianism there's something deeply unsettling about that and that what we recognize that it necessitates a severe for everything you all the necessities that would be met all the comforts that would be granted from a utopia i mean just to step back from that for a second like what is a utopia i mean the idea it means no place yeah right um utopia no place um it's an it's it's so at the one on one hand it's an impossibility. Um on the other hand, it's something we couldn't couldn't even necessarily imagine. There's no there's no uh I don't think any real way for us to accurately come up with a utopia. It's like Yeah, it's, I'm it's trying a, to think yeah. if there's such an example it's in amazed. fiction. It's a maze. I, don't I think mean there it's is like you you're just going to be endlessly searching for something and you're just impossible to define and I think that trying to define it, I think that we have come to realize pretty quickly is uh totally fallacious you can't do it you can't come up with a utopia that's why so much of fiction is the uh devolution of utopia into a dystopia it's much much easier to imagine a failed utopia than it is to imagine a utopia well in in this case it doesn't evolve right but you definitely see the cracks where it's not utopia yeah you see the the way in which it's a fucking nightmare I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean... I, yeah, I, I, the idea is like inherent in any attempt to create a utopia. What you're creating is a dystopia because you're creating something that um, is totally... is something that's supposed to be outside uh, human experience. But then, right. like, because we are so constrained by the types of beings that we are, we can't get to that. We can't get to the goal. It's, it's an infinitely receding horizon mm-hmm. of creating the perfect state. I fucking love you. Yeah, Raph. thanks, you're, man. You're well dead said. on. That is. This is all in Plato. Just fucking read. Just read. <laughs> Why would I just read, read Plato all of Plato? When I hang out with you uh, because I don't remember it very well. Yeah, I don't know. I saw Rebel Without a Cause. He didn't seem that smart to me. <laughs> Bazinga! Bazinga! We got our first Bazinga <laughs> on the show. Uh, so I'll I just want to go. I want to go back to I'll something else. I know we're all. I know we're all, all over the place here. <sighs> Ashley, you've got a real, real fucking editing hex to deal with <laughs> yeah, right now. Yeah, this, this is a rough one. It's going to be a fucking nightmare. What the fuck was going on in 1997? Try and remember 1997. Clinton. I was. No, no, no. This, this is pre-Clinton no, blowjob? This yeah, this movie is pre-blowjob. It came out our freshman this year of movie, college or this, high school. This movie, here's my theory. Elon, are you listening? Yes. Yeah, this movie, when it came out, the first time it was shown in its entirety, rent space-time apart and sent us down the path we're on now. You think? I, think I so. thought no, it was I the think, 2000 election. I think you've got it backwards. Well, no, that, that happened after this. I think you've got it backwards, dude. I think what? that this movie saw the writing on the wall. Paul, Paul Verhoeven was like, oh, shit. That's one theory. Everybody thinks that, that these Verhoeven people are great. 
and and then yeah, he made Paul Ver- Paul yeah Verhoeven he's a fucking chaos god like yeah come on the show Paul Verhoeven you got it and how did we miss that Paul you Verho- knew what the fuck was going <laughs> on don't Verhoeven speak for all of us whis- whispers uh, evil things into being <laughs> or he's a Cassandra right isn't that yeah well that's that I a mean, real thing Cassandra yeah Greek myth yeah what? tweeted that us is a real Greek myth t- tweeted us Cassandra I mean, tweeted thing. us Cassandra yeah right. Like, if we ever get anything wrong, just feel free to kill us. <laughs> yeah, feel free up. to stalk us. Well, feel free to tweet at us, tweet but at don't us. expect we'll our the response. And we'll sit here patiently so, and death. So we're going to skip my roundtable question, right? Like, which I th- I Why think I skimming? would rather what? live in... Oh, oh, I see. I think that I'd rather live in, in the Starship Trooper world than in the sort of like libertarian 1% 99% like you know environmental William cesspool hellhole yeah I like, prefer that world I prefer that world because that world at least you have agency yeah that world has the capacity for change doesn't seem like and this that's one's the not. real world like oh I'm clipping again that the whole that's the thing that's fucked up about I was talking before about and we've been talking all along about how like almost all sci-fi ends up being this way ends up being about the like technocracy taking over and and making everything quote good yeah okay that's total bullshit and as you eloquently said and i'm not gonna try to restate it like we are on a never-ending path towards better right and that's tenable that's realistic you know if you want to talk about the real world we're talking about how do we make the world we have more fair we're not talking about how do we find the perfect solution to a fair society because that's ridiculous right it's totally absurd and as all fiction has taught us it ends up with bugs cutting you in half yeah so yeah, why actually, are we even looking for it? and i would argue non-fiction as well like the constitution right like you build a living thing right. that is meant to withstand change as times change and actually i guess you know we could put this in our pipes and smoke it of like you know anti-originalist right like like the idea is as raf so beautifully pointed out that it's a progression buttering me up to yeah (laughs) yeah, like a like a nice tasty lobster (laughs) my yeah fuck man my i have a lot of i gotta say a lot on originalism it's pretty fucking impoverished philosophy (laughs) as these things go it's just like if you're it's it's pretty dime store but it's like, also you know, totally every, bullshit well because well, if you're like, a simpleton yeah. you want a simple explanation of, like, but no the one is an actual words. originalist well no here's no here's the thing it's not it, it's actually not quite that simple it has a justification the justification that i've heard the most eloquent justification i've heard um is that yes the words are the words because that was how it was ratified now it would be counter majoritarian to uh, I guess try and change those words or interpret those words. It, it, it loses, <laughs> even though lose they it, include words that say li- change these words. It lose it loses a little bit in this, but it's like it is. In, if you want it to say something different, you need to change the text itself, and you do that through the means that have been presented in the text for changing it. I.e., you know, the uh, ratification of a constitutional amendment. Um, right. So, so basically, well, yeah, if you want to, you know, give everyone health care or pave roads or something like that, you have to ratify a constitutional amendment that says, like, this thing is now allowed. This is like roads is part of interstate commerce because there were no roads back then. Trains like trains yeah. should be a constitutional amendment to an originalist. So obviously that's it's it's it, that feels very impractical. 
to like an 18th, century, 18th century document to be, you know, governing our vastly more complex society. I don't know the numbers, but I just want to say there are probably fewer than 10 million people in the whole of the 13 colonies when this was, or the United States when this was ratified. Probably, There's 360 million. I think it's probably significantly lower than that. Right? Under 10 million? I just can't say. Okay. I don't know how don't much know it either. was. I don't think it was. Tweet at us. Yeah, so, someone help us out. No one, we don't, we just talk out of our asses. Yeah, we don't, really we, need a producer first of all, for this episode. We don't need to, don't, first of all, we don't do any research. Second of all, <laughs> we don't know anything. We, don't, we talk out of our asses and just make stuff up. So, I mean, like, yeah, I'll, I'll correct the record. I'll own it. But I think it's under 10 million. It's definitely under 10 million. But anyway, yeah, you yeah, were but saying. The, but just does that answer, does that get you anywhere towards what the goal of the Constitution, what the governing document, is it just? Can we be just? Right. That doesn't touch on that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, fine. I mean, that's like a neat little thought experiment. It's like, oh, yeah, I guess it is kind of counter-majoritarian. Well, I guess we just have to suffer. <laughs> it's like, come on. <laughs> right. We're losing sight of the whole fucking yeah. the whole fucking point of this. Well, I mean, hey, Jesus, guys. It's just pathetic. Yeah. I, it's like you, almost you wanna, as pathetic you wanna, as you basing wanna, your worldview you know on a book that's 2,000 years you, old. You, you, you know what? All right. Yeah. Careful. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. Or a book that's, what, <laughs> 6,000 years old? We don't I mean, want to do that. Either. Yeah. Or, or any one book. How about that? Or a book written by a sci-fi writer who isn't very good and is obviously a total charlatan. Watch what you say about my savior. <laughs> Robert Heinlein. Hey, did, yeah, Robert Heinlein. <laughs> did you know that there's apparently some guy who like is claiming now to be the reincarnation of L. Ron Hubbard? He no changed his name. shit. He changed his name to L. Ron Hubbard, and like the they're like ner- the apparently Scientology. They I think they keep pretty tight lid on everything, but uh, no no loose lips on that ship. Well, Yo, um, <laughs> come on the show. Yeah, have you, have you seen? Uh, we fucking Leo love your Romero work. Show? The what? Leah Remini's show? I haven't seen that. Oh, it's so good. But they're having some issues with this guy. They're like, uh, (laughs) you know, he's not the reincarnation. But I just I like that that is like outside. <laughs> that's their, their comment. That's outside their Overton window. They're like, no, that's stupid. <laughs> yes, we you, do you believe in not, reincarnation. You are not the reincarnation. That's, of I mean, we believe in that, but you're not the one. That, we no. believe in that, but you're lying. To yeah. me, that's we're like, not. It's the it's like the Carl Rove strategy of like attack your opponent on yeah. their strongest point. Yeah, right. Is just sort of like no, no, no. Everything you're saying about like the world is completely 100% correct I'm just I am the reincarnated your savior so I need to come in and pick up my money and um, you got my boat here right (laughs) somebody figure out what the hell we're gonna do with this Miscavige ass yeah yeah it's like okay all the people who are in these slave colonies you're fired you baghead (laughs) go fuck yourself (laughs) you there I like like you I like you you're you're cool oh shit all right you can be the new prophet you can be the new prophet um how do we get to originalism again how did we get there that's a good question that was just my opening thought i was gonna say something else about it can we rewind is that yeah we can keep going yeah i got nothing raf you wanted something else to say about originalism well i you know in the in the context of what we were talking about sure which was i don't remember (laughs) okay yeah um so should we throw it to endorsements wait i got so much oh yeah yeah say, say 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 speak, Sam. Okay, I just feel a responsibility as the like geekiest member of today's panel. Yeah. To mention that Yeah, only man. I the fucking rock hate geeks. I didn't spend all this time being cool 
That fucking geeks. <laughs> what time? Around. When yeah. did that happen? I didn't spend a lot of time doing drugs. It, basically. To be in, like listening to cool music. Yeah, basically. Because that is Whatever not goes, fucking easy drugs. to find. Yeah, but you do them the wrong way. <laughs> Damn it. Dude, I don't do them at all. So uh, that's another issue. Yeah. Yeah. E-drugs are the worst. Okay. Why is that not a thing? Oh, no, that is a thing. Have you seen their like videos on YouTube that people watch to like get high? Sam. No, Yikes. this is a real thing. Check it out. What, like later. are people knocking each other out? No, it's <laughs> like bags <laughs> over their heads. Maybe get high is not the right term, but it's like uh, <laughs> get you into a meditative state. I thought we were moving beyond that as a society. <laughs> I, thought like, I thought they were kids just making didn't it just need a to off bit. markers yeah, exactly, anymore exactly. because you can just as easily get fentanyl. Yeah, no, it's no, like no right, we live in a fucking nightmare universe. Yeah, I mean, just like put the turpentine aside. <laughs> yeah, go get the real there shit. There are other options it's in daddy's room. Right. Yeah, hold your breath. That works pretty well. Yeah. Um, the rock. The rock that they hit Buenos Aires with, which they keep telling you throughout the movie is coming from Clandathu, which is all the way across the galaxy. Yeah, when they do a little map. How accurate is that map? They literally <laughs> show it on the other spiral arm. I mean, that's... That's pretty wild. That's, I mean... They got a rock from the other spiral arm so, of the so, galaxy? So, how far is that, Sam? Help me out. Like, way too far to throw a rock from, which is my point. They threw this rock uh, two billion years ago. Yeah, exactly. Is that what we're talking about, right? And with pinpoint accuracy to specifically hit Buenos Aires. So that that suggests there are two. That was too small to do any damage to, like, the global structure of anything. Yeah. And, yeah, like. 20% 20% bigger it would have just killed everyone on earth so what the yeah. hell were they doing so that gives that that leads me to two possible conclusions one the rock didn't come from Clandathu and it's just an oh. accident inside job dot okay. no, George no, wait, Bush I'm not there yet. that's possibility two <laughs> you guys neither neither scenario <laughs> includes the bugs and that's oh no wait there is a third scenario which I, is no the sky marshals knew no the sky marshals were in Buenos Aires when the rock hit <laughs> the sky marshals knew about it it's funny that we're talking about this because I literally have that in my notes bug <laughs> bug rocks can't melt steel beams <laughs> <laughs> look I, it up I put that in there I was like I was bug like attack can't on rock, can't melt steel beams wait I I no I put attack on BA nine eleven used as pretext for perpetual war inside yeah. job another inside pretext. job like I think that the subtext is that this Loose has been going on for com. a long time that yeah. the war with the bugs is perpetual and when people start to like question it they just drop another rock on earth like because they clearly are not throwing they have them the from technology. yeah obviously unless they can like let's get a wormhole like a, yeah wormhole yeah. Yeah. yeah wormhole i mean that's possible wormhole they do like i mean the they do travel uh, like hyperspace like the ships that they use yeah there was so maybe the, bugs? the bl- bugs have hyperspace travel i find that unlikely seeing as we never see any of their ships like they never the are in do space multiple planets but they talk about that they, they, they hurl spores. their spores yeah so but that happens over hundreds of thousands of generations so th- and i think there's the scene where uh they're like a couple of scenes with the brain bug and and also there's a scene where they're dropping bombs on the whatever the soldier bugs uh-huh. where there's like very clear audio of horrific screaming yeah and on this watching i realized and had it had had not realized before that like if you step back a second it's fairly horrific 
And I think the implication of the movie is that, in fact, the bugs don't have interstellar travel. They, like, throw spores out to other planets but they're not communicating with those other planets they don't have like a galactic empire they're just bugs and so the brain bug is like maybe the queen but they're not orchestrating like you know there's that scene where they have the trap that they've laid for the so there's some intelligence going on where they you know they show up at the outpost and then there's like hundreds of thousands of bugs come and and swarm them and they have to get evacuated right okay so there's some planning big bug orgy yeah the the brain bug like is thinking is planning but there's no evidence that any of these bugs ever like are plotting war with earth right or with yeah. humans well that's i mean that was the whole thing is no there's no evidence of that at all this is right. perpetual war for no purpose or end other than to maintain the war machine to keep everybody in this state of like fascist totalitarian which actually makes the bugs like the perfect enemy for a government like the one in the movie yeah. Ah, yes. Cool. The convenient scapegoat. You know, it's interesting. I, I felt really bad at how funny I, when they like are torturing the brain bug and they shove the like the David Cronenberg <laughs> thing. I mean, the big front orbit that says censored. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that was very, f- that's that was very really funny. funny. And it was, it's the movie the is super self aware. Yeah, it was super funny. I mean, like, I, I remember thinking that that was funny the first time I saw it and not, re- I was like, that's funny. Was that on purpose? That's really weird. How old were you? Oh, we were in high school. We were in high school. I remember seeing this movie with my friend. Uh, I'm not going to say his name because I'm pretty sure he's in the CIA now. Um, Wait, what's his name? You can cut it up. Cool. And uh, <laughs> tell us his name. Yeah. Is it Mike Pompeo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's Robert Mueller. Is it George Bush Senior? It's QAnon. <laughs> right. Um, I'm pretty yeah. sure my friend is QAnon. It was it was election day or like, but it was '97, so it couldn't have been an election unless it was like a mayoral election or something. Yeah. yeah. I just remember when Giuliani got elected the second time. Oh yeah, it was when Giuliani got got elected the second time because I played at his inauguration with the All City Marching Band. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Giuliani, one of the rare people, is both like fascist and a bug. <laughs> <laughs> he covers covers all the bases. Oh god, I'll tell you guys a Giuliani story off the air because you've already told it. I told you, but I didn't tell Sam. Did I? Was Felicio involved? No. Then no, you haven't told me. All right, cool. I like how they, he doesn't try and humanize the bugs either. I think that that is... No. But that no, is, he does. That's what I was just saying. Like that scene oh yeah? where they're all burning up and the screams are like really well, human. Screams. No, no. Know. They don't sound... That's what I'm telling you. Like it sounds like children screaming. And what the brain of, bug What kind too. of... Uh, how were you How were you watching this? It could have been your audio device. I mean... It was not... I have fairly good headphones. I don't know. Uh, headphones. Well, there you go. I mean, should we, should we put it on talk. right now? I think I still have the rental. All right. <laughs> patch in the screaming. Yeah. Patch in the screaming. No, no, you okay. should patch that in over later because I it I actually gave me pause. Okay. Like, it was horrific. Fair enough. And I hadn't seen it on my he doesn't previous over, Let's just say he doesn't yeah. overly try and... Hu- no, try and he doesn't subtle, overly sure. humanize the which is, I, I thought think that it, was great. Which, again, genius because this guy, you know... The director of Showgirls, he it could, <laughs> he could have like someone trying to again, someone trying to make this point, right? Think of yeah. this, think of this in lesser hands. So they're just like, I want to show the hypocrisy of rampant militarism and aggressiveness and invasion. And it's just like these bugs are actually human, even though they're bugs. No, you just keep crushing them. If you can't figure, <laughs> yeah. if you can't figure out what is fucking wrong <laughs> with the situation, <laughs> yeah. If you saw Starship, if you saw Starship Troopers. <laughs> And you did not think anything was wrong. 
I will beat you up. <laughs> Wait, didn't you have that experience? Right? No, I did. Asher did. I'm going to beat Asher. <laughs> yeah. All Wait, right. But didn't you say earlier that you didn't I get that this to your was house. commentary the first time you watched it? I don't think I. No, I didn't watch it. There was no first time. This I watched is the it. first oh. time Raph's seen no, this, this movie. No, this is the second time I've seen this movie. But uh, the first time I was, it was post awareness of this movie being satirical. Ah, got it. Okay. Fair enough. Pointed commentary, whatever we're <laughs> calling it. Cool. So should we throw it to endorsements? I don't have any endorsements because they're stupid. <sighs> Sam. Why do you make a mockery of our game? Isn't that you the game like that we're playing? Just yeah. things you like. Sam, yeah, just a thing that you like. Just I endorse my friendship with Asher and Raph. I endorse yeah, reading. I Try. literally can't think of a single thing. Uh, you don't like anything. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Sam, um, Sam endorses painting. Smiling. The house is fun. Yeah. <laughs> no, no it's friendship not. and laughter. No, it's not. Yeah, wait, no, on, Sam. Sam made the amazing <laughs> decision to paint his apartment in the middle of February, which I'm like, it's the only yeah. time we can do it. Yeah, fair enough, but it's yeah, also well, the worst time to open your windows. windows. Yeah, no. or you leave them open. open and be cold. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Okay, it Just sucks. Get fucking lifted. That um, helps. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean on fumes. Yeah, Did we just discuss that. this so we don't have to do this anymore? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't yeah. have to live that life. <laughs> yeah, I can we're purchase free. drugs. Yeah. Okay. I don't have to get them out of my yeah, let's. We can edit this out considering that I work with children. <laughs> and you're worried they might know that I do drugs? That I hang around with, that I'm associated with people. Are you also going to cut out the part where I drink beer? No. Because that's legal. I get it. Okay. Uh, Raph? Uh yeah, I guess since I talked about John Kenneth Galbraith, he's really cool. He did a show actually. There's a show. Um, I want to say BBC, possibly not. Anyway, it's like it's a documentary series. I don't remember the name of it, so I'm not going to endorse that. Um, and but I am going to endorse uh Thomas Piketty, Capital in the 21st Century. Very interesting. Um, mostly accessible, I is guess. It, it Book on. Piketty? Piketty? He's French. I'm just trying. Is he? I'm trying hard. He is French. That I know that. I don't know how to pronounce his name. I didn't know they had K's in French. They try not to. Right. Um, his book, Capital of the 21st Century, it's a goddamn slog for the most part, but, you know, I mean, it's good. Pretty good to learn. I started reading one of his books, not that one, but I can't It's good to have learning. Yeah, he's smart. Yeah, I remember what it. I endorse. I'll waste my endorsement on that. What do you endorse, Sam? I mean, I guess it's kind of a kind of taking the easy road here but fucking russian doll on netflix oh yeah it's so good and that Very really good stuff. i always forget her name the actress who natasha leon she oh she's quite so good. incredible yeah she's amazing and then i started thinking back to like other things i've seen her in and it's like not only is she good i think she might be really good at picking scripts also yeah, yeah. because yeah. everything she's in is there's amazing. a lot of backlash at Orange is the New Black now oh I haven't seen the last couple seasons I haven't watched it in yeah. two years or three years um, it, yeah there was a lot of there's been a lot of back it was a dar- critical darling that got a lot of backlash it's a critical darling that my ex roommate wrote for the first season of he yeah. was instrumental in making the show what it was yeah Marco it, it, come on the show baby we love you yeah, well, I love yeah man Marco. I haven't seen Marco in like 15 years he's fucking shredding it in la i don't know i haven't talked to him in a little yeah. bit actually no he's he texted me yesterday beautiful nice smelling man yeah i like did him. i say 15 is that right could be yeah marco but yeah you so were saying about the backlash against orange is the new black it was really good i mean maybe the last season i was a little uh, uh but like it was really it continued to be really really good and latasha leone big part of that yeah did it get canceled they're on to their last season 
Okay, fair enough. So you're th- you're caught up. I'm completely caught up. Is it worth watching last season and a half? Yeah, it's really yeah. enjoyable. I mean, this is like yeah. I think better than a lot of stuff that has also is prestige. Just that TV. kind of show is hard for me to stay into because, like, especially the way you wa- way I watch shows on Netflix, right? It's like binge watch an entire season in like a week or two. And then wait like a year and a half for the next season. Yeah. Right. And then by the time the next season comes around, like I don't really care anymore. I forgot about all the tension. I forgot what the dramas were. You I can't keep all the, the threads previous. in my head. And then you got to rewatch the previous season. It's just like, I just get, I'm not, I'm actually lately more interested that's in your, shows. That's that, your malaise of, you know, overconsumption. Yes. Of over gratification. Thank you for restating what I just said. In other words. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Anytime. Yeah, I appreciate <laughs> it. Call me the restater. <laughs> okay, I could. That seems like more syllables than Raph, but. So I'm going to endorse uh, California folk singer Jessica Pratt. Um, oh, you're into the, the folk lately, eh? Am I? Wasn't your last endorsement also folk? Was it? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't Whatever. think so. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. She's, um, good, she's good. good. She's got a new record out that just came out. I think it's really good. I think she's really talented. I thought she was talented for like five or six years. I think, Raph, I made you go with me to see her play at Union Pool in 2014, I want to say. Do you remember that? Yeah, it was a good show. Yeah. I just, I think she's enormously talented and it's cool. She just got a best new music on Pitchfork. So, yeah. I'm sure she'll be burning up the tracks soon enough. Um, 8.9. Uh, yeah. Um, so I'd like to endorse that. Did you say 8.9? 8.4 she got, but 8. that's 4. pretty good. That's that like her rating? Out of 10, yeah. Which anything above an 8.1 means no you're one's ever gotten a 10. pretty well. That's not true. Who got a 10? Kanye got a 10. Uh, yeah, I know. Swanye West. Mm. Um, Swan's Way anymore. West. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I would also like to... Kanye Yeast. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Beer company. Yeah. I'd also like to endorse Muji. Yeah, Muji is like. Are, did you just come up with that because of the notebook you're holding? Or? And my socks. I don't just <laughs> Muji socks, is like cool. a Japanese. It's like the Japanese IKEA, I guess. Would be. Mm. I don't That's know. Not quite right. It's. It's not like a, if there's a Muji near you, you should go to it because I don't know. To me, walking in is like the rest of the world is a pit of vile obscenity, and this is like arranged in a way that makes me feel like I could fix my life with products It's like Uniqlo with housewares. Like everything is sort of neutral. And yeah, nothing has logos simple. on it at all. Yeah. There's no illustration on anything. They have just like beautiful china and beautiful sweaters, and it's all like some of the stuff is relatively reasonably logos, priced. If it doesn't have logos, how are people going to know how sexual you can get? You're just going to have to give it to them with your eyes. Oh, yeah, that's true. There are other ways Um, to communicate that. Yeah. What? Okay. Yeah. All right. So does that do it? Are we good? Wait. Did we not do a rhetorical question? I mean, a non-rhetorical question? No, I think we're skipping it this week. That's too bad because I like that. Okay. Next time. Bye, everyone. You got to keep coming back. (laughs) You got to keep coming back. goods. All right. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Asher Lack. Sam is at Case of Piles. And Raph, you are? Have a cool penis. At Have a Cool at Penis. Have a cool penis. <laughs> Whatever. Um, Does that make you uncomfortable? Yeah. Like Why? having that as your tag? No. Why? No I don't one know. knows it's me. 
Well, except and anyone who would know. You can follow the show on are. Twitter at like, Robot House Pod, and House is spelled H A U S. Like any listeners to this of this podcast, <laughs> like who else would follow yeah, you? Our Russian Twitter? bot network. <laughs> All right, thanks is so much for tuning in. Like I'm a little embarrassed by at Case of Piles, honestly. Like I think it's funny, but also like then I have to explain to people, oh, I'm talking about hemorrhoids, and then they're like, gross. Why did you pick that as your? And then I'm like, I don't know. It sounded funny at the time. And now I'm stuck with it. All right. Until next time. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. I'm not saying you don't have a cool penis.